But know this. When God explains his word, his love, I think there, there should be something that happens in us. We just don't read this just to read it and say, I love the fact that let patient. Who's patient in here? We all need that kind of fruit in a marriage, right? And so when we read this and we say, okay, these are important, and this is God's love for us, then we should be able to recite those things, believe in these things, hold fast to these things, and apply these things in our marriage, right? Let's do that. Love is patient. Love is, it does not... It does not, we could take a year on this one. We could stop at the first one. Love is patient. You know, they read these things. You know, I've got, what, a, a window, like a minute to read this, right, in the marriage ceremony. So I'm reading this thing, and everybody's looking at me. Can we understand what this is really about? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Love is not. Woo! Honey, how am I doing? See, most of the time. Is there improvement? Can there be improvement, honey? Absolutely. Okay. There's hope in all this, isn't there? Can we improve? Can we be changed? Can we be renewed? Can we be transformed? Can you love your wives more? Wives, can you love your husbands more? Can you be a better mother? If any of those things you could not say yes, then you need to read this again. And I, <laughs> dude, you, I, I'm not, you, you may be holding her hand, but I'm telling you what, what you're doing right now, I'm not going to step outside and you guys leave the church. Maybe, okay. Do you guys understand that this, this is powerful? And this is the 1 Corinthians 13 explains this because in the church at that moment, there were some mighty gifts being done. And God says, I don't want to even see those gifts unless I see love. And I'll explain to you what love is. And if you can hold on to this love, then you can use my gifts. So even before God wants to see his own gifts performed, he wants to see the love first. How important is that in our, if before you can actually do something in your marriage to make it last and have that longevity, you must learn how to love the way he calls us to love. And if you're not willing to do that, you're going to destroy. Men, you're going to destroy your marriage if you can't submit to this. So how should we hold on to something like this? We should hold on to it, this being God's voice to us. This is his commandment. Not only that, something is found in it. There's a promise in here. He says, if you can do this, look and see what I'm going to do in your marriage right now. If you're going to do this, watch to see what I'm going to do with your children right now through that love. In his commandment, there's going to be some reward to that, is there not? Every commandment he has to tell us to do something, inside of that, there's going to be something gifted to us. Right? So is it worth following these things? Love is not proud. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. Love is not easily what? So who gets angry in here? How, how does that happen? And you, see, I'm going to have to, maybe the Lord's going to explain a little bit about, you know, when you put two different people together, not only different people, women and men together. And there's going to be times that we don't understand each other. There's going to be times that things start to flare up a little bit. And there's times, even on a day, I'm a little grouchy and I don't even hear things correctly. What I heard brings up a little bit of hmm in me. I get a little fluffy. You know, I spread out my chest a little bit here. I got to defend myself. You well, misunderstood me. That's the improvement my wife's talking about. 
So let me ask you a question. Is it important to have love? Absolutely. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit tells me this. God's going to prune you to get some more. And if he's going to prove it, why does he prune us? Because he disciplines his children, because he loves them. So here comes love again. Love is not kind. You guys, are are you with me today? Love is kind. No one even, my wife is the only one. Thank you, honey. Okay, she's learned. Well, that's what you're supposed to say something. Love, (laughs) Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in what? If, so if the truth of God is in, done in your family and there's some, the, the Bible scriptures come alive in your family, you must embrace those things and say, I love his truth. How many people here, born again, loves God's truth? How many people understand when God says something in his word, that truth not only sets me free, I love it. So what should be, how should my wife be correcting me? Should it be in her perspective of it? Or she says, honey, truth says this. What am I going to submit to? Truth. Man, if you're living your life out in truth at your house, in truth, freedom comes. We know that. Also, your wife is going to be able to submit to truth. Not you. In your arrogance, in your pride, in your rudeness, in your anger. All the things 1 Corinthians tells us that should not be in your house, should not be in you. If you don't do those things, but you do according to what he tells you to do, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a wife that's alongside you. You're going you're to feel you're going to be able to lead this thing, this charge, and it's going to go well with you, isn't it? It is. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love it never fails. It's really a good scripture to have in, in, in context of a marriage, but it's much more than that. Why don't we learn how to do this thing? That kind of love is what he wants in his church. That's kind of love there that we want with one another. That's what he wants from brother to brother, sister to sister, brother to sister. In his church, he wants to see this, not only in marriage where it is tested all the time. He wants to see it in the body, in the body. And if it's done in the body, his gifts are going to flow. There's going to be great health in here. And we're going to love him. I love this church because I believe there's a work being done. I believe, it. I believe God's got something special for us. And I believe that he's going to do it. How many people believe he's going to do it? Now read to this. This is what we covered last week. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So it be done. And so what does that mean? We took the context last week. The context of this scripture is in the context of the Gentiles and the Jews who did not get together. They did not like each other. They stayed away from one another. They pointed the fingers at one another. And it was always Jews here. This is God's chosen. You are heathens. And God says, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. He grafted them in. He grafted them in and says, I want you to love one another. That kind of love, I think, would have been difficult, wouldn't it? But look what he says. If you can do this kind of love, if you can bring together two different kind of people under God's provision and under his promise, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be amazing. That means all things that you ask, all things that you ask according. It says whatever you think and imagine, far more above that, he's going to do something. What? In context of what? Love. 
So you think you can't love somebody? Watch and see. Then we can go back to the other one. Love is kind. Love is patient. It does not boast. It does not envy. Keeps no record of wrong. You see what I mean? They go hand in hand, don't they? Because we're talking about the same kind of love. So, it's an important. This young couple right back here. Look, I don't think I'm pointing you out. You guys are planning on something, aren't you? Something's going to be coming up on the horizon, right? You've got your arm around her, and, and, and everything seems to be good. Am I embarrassing you now because I walked over? Okay, cool. <laughs> and you are going to tie a knot eventually, aren't you? You're going to exchange rings. You're going to make promises. Promises not to yourselves. You're going to promise to God that you're going to do this thing, right? So wouldn't it be nice to know all you need to do? Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to fulfill the promise of love? Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to walk in your marriage and know how to love one another because of Jesus in you? See, this is the kind of thing. How many people others planning on? Who's got 40 years of marriage? I do this all the time. i got the section right here, Paul and Nancy. How many years now? 53 years. We don't have... Carl and Karen here today. Anybody got above 50, 53 years? Anybody? Going. Going. Sold. You got it. We'll get you a biscuit at the end of service. What is this? So the two of those things go together. So why don't we do this? Oops, I got the wrong way. Hang on. Let me go past this one, past this one, into this one. One more time. Proverbs 31, 28, 29 tells us, For her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, as he, what, her? Saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. What a wonderful thing to say to your wife. And if you can't say that, Gentlemen, you may be the reason why. Isn't that challenging? Would it be nice to be able to look at your wife and, and be able to say this without hesitation and say, even my children will praise her, even they will bless her. Isn't that wonderful, my children? Now, what's my responsibility? I'm the husband. Also, I must praise her, saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. And if I can't say that to my wife, I'll take full responsibility not loving her, watering her, cultivating her, and making her the woman of God that the Word of God tells us. It says to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. And it says to water her, cultivate her with the Word of God that she can be brought to the Lord under blameless and spotless. So whose responsibility is it if my wife is not being noble and I can't identify that? It's whose fault? Come on. Whose fault is it? I blame her, says, well, you know, hey, if you would just do this and this and this, I'd, I'd love you more. And, and, you know, that's just it's your fault because, you know, hey, there's just a problem here. My, I, you get me angry. Or you get me frustrated. And then, and then, and then, and then. And I, how many people have done it before? You're a very quiet group over here. I got my hand up. I'm taking full responsibility. My wife said I can improve. I'm doing this up here. Fully I've got my, leaf, my, flea, my sleeves rolled up here. Come on. And I'm being honest with you. And you're holding back on me. <laughs> Seriously, man. You know how you're healed? The Bible says this. You confess to one another so you be 
heal. You want improvement in your marriage? Fess up. I know I can improve. There's days I get home, I don't know why I'm grouchy. I just, one of these days, I just, I'm just like, I'm just like this. I want to tell my wife today, I'd remarry her over in a second. Because I've learned over 22 years, she brings out the best of me. I don't always understand her. I don't always agree with her. I don't always, I don't always know what she needs. I fall short and being all that she needs. I can honestly say that. But there's, there, there is nothing, there is no person on this earth that would ever replace her. I need her. I need her more today than I've needed any person in my life. She knows me better than any person. She knows those areas. Sometimes she knows the areas that she can correct me. And I don't like it. I don't like to hear it. Sometimes I have to mope a little bit. I have to go and get my pride adjusted. And I've got to go in the closet and say, mm-hmm. did you hear my wife say? And he said, yeah, I did. And she's right and you're wrong. How many people have had that discussion with the Holy Spirit before? Because you go into the closet thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this right. I'm, I've left the room because I know I'm getting flustered. But as I go back in the room, things are going to be fine because the Lord's going to, he's going to help her to understand because I prayed about it. You know, isn't it wonderful? We, we pray about something thinking that God's going to make it happen. And he said, stop right there. And you're, he stops in my heart and makes the correction before it gets to the person I thought it was going to get to. I realized I'm growing. I've not fully achieved. Paul would say the same thing. See, the work is it the, the good work of God is still in me doing his thing. Guys, you understand what I'm saying? If your wife is unhappy, it's your fault. If your wife doesn't feel noble and she's she's drowning, it's your fault. Because it says we must die to ourselves. That she would be better. That she would be nourished. I must water my wife with the word of God. Okay. And now I've confessed all I think I need to confess today. <sighs> Let's go on to the next verse. Maybe I have to do some more confession. Proverbs 31.30. How many people know Proverbs 31 is a wonderful chapter about women? If you want to, women, if you want to know what God says about you, and boy, I tell you, Proverbs 31 is a good one to study. It's a good chapter. Let's go to this. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. <laughs> That's just not for ladies. That's for men, too. Guy, I look in the mirror and thinking, uh, Jim, you grew. The last beer you grew was a little darker. Now it's a little lighter and everything's changing. Hair comes out my ears, my nose, and not on my head. I don't understand any of these things. And yet there's <laughs> good thing God doesn't call that beauty. He calls us handsome. And as you get older, we're no longer handsome. We're wise. That's what the gray hair is for. Wisdom. Just a few of you laugh, but that's okay. You'll get there one day. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be what? So if your wife is fearing the Lord, which is the basis of wisdom, she needs to be by who? Who's the most important person in her life to praise her? It would be her. We learned from the last verse. So, honey, I need to praise you. And we'll work on it better. More confession. You see what the Word of God does to us as you read it? 
It leads us to confession. It leads us to understanding. It leads us to a place that we, we thank God for the work he's doing. We're going to thank him for the revelation he's giving. That I can grow more and more to be a husband and a good husband to my wife. God is able. Proverbs eleven sixteen says this. A gracious woman attains what? Ooh. Is there any gracious women in here today? Women full of grace. You will obtain honor. That's a gift. Now, in every promise, in every description of God, is there something given? Where's honor come from? God. You grow in favor with God and man. God brings honor. He honors people by the level of their humiliation. By their humbleness, he will exalt you, right? That's what the word says. He will exalt those who are humble. So I love that. A gracious woman obtains honor. What a promise. And every one of these, there's a promise. And let's go to this one. Luke 6.45 says this. A good man out of the good treasure of what? Of his heart brings forth. For out of the abundance, later on it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I know this on Mother's Day. What should we do with our moms today? Not only did children give praise to the one, they, they honor their mother and they lift her up. And children come to the inheritance of God can become the honor of the wife. But then also what happens? She needs to hear praises from her husband. Today we must praise her, not because it's all of a sudden a holiday. I don't know where that, I don't think that's in the Bible that's Mother's Day. I think Mother's Day should be every day. We say that too, right? Christmas is every day. Mother's Day is every day. I know. That's what I say, George. What about Father's Day? Come on. <laughs> you get the honeydew list. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a little scrapping going on right here. I'm afraid of you too. There's some going back and forth here. So uh, the good treasure of a man. There's a good treasure in you, right? Because where do you treasure? What do you treasure in the heart of man? What's treasured there? Out of the goodness of the heart... So where does the word of God go? In the heart of man. So when you treasure the thing, it even says when you hide the word of God in your heart, it keeps you from sin against the Father. Isn't that good news? It keeps you from sin. And I know you're sinning against the Father. He's probably doing something wrong to your wife. So out of the good treasure of his heart, it says bring forth good. That means what are we talking good? Good things. I don't know how many, I'm going to ask the question, mamas and wives in here, or even young ladies, who here wants some goodness coming your way? There's just a few of you. I would think if you're a woman in here today, you'd be saying, come on, give me some of that. Goodness. How many people want goodness here today? Was that your hand? No, it's, it's your wife's hand. Okay, Doug. That's all that was. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want goodness? Goodness. Out of the man, out of, can you imagine out of your husband's heart comes goodness? Well, that is good stuff. It's almost like unlocking something. i got a key in my neck. I'm going to unlock some goodness in my husband. Watch it come out. Oh, let, me, let me do that again. Come out. It's locked up in a man's heart. And out of what? And how do you know that there's goodness in a man's heart? Because his mouth will speak it. And so why should you praise your wife? Why does the Bible say a husband should praise his wife? The praises come from her, and he can say to her, there's nobody as noble as you. Why do I do that? Because if God's goodness is in me, if I have that inside of me, 
and it's bubbling, it will come out of my mouth. And if it doesn't, I've got to question what's going on here. If I can't say it, if I can't own it. So let me ask you a question today, guys. How many people know that God's goodness is entering the heart? How many people are taking the time to read his word, trust in him, pray, receive what he has for you? The revelation has set you free. How many people know that goes from that word to my heart? How many people are doing that? And how many people are trusting if that's being done? Something good is going to come forth. If it's either coming out of my mouth or my hands, I'm going to be good to somebody. And my wife is going to be able to say, do I do good things? Do I need to do some more? She's not sure what to say. I'm, putting, I'm pointing her out. So marriages, can you imagine what a marriage could be if all we have is goodness coming out forth of our mouths? And all we do is God, God's good work being done in your home. Can you imagine what kind of life that would be? How many marriages would be restored? How many marriages would last 50, 60, 70 years? How many? Would it really be a struggle? Well, I hear people I say, give me some wisdom. You've been married 60 years. Give me some wisdom. What do I do? Whatever thing she says is right. I'm like, really? Do I have to say that? And that's the wisdom you're going to give me? You need to shut your mouth. The Bible says shut your mouth. You'll be a fool. What? It's, it's not about that. It's not, it's not a, a man being submissive to what the wife says. And so if she's happy, I'm happy. Happy wife, happy life. It, what is it supposed to be like? Seriously. So how is that supposed to work? If I want goodness in my house, if I want to see goodness raised up, I want my wife to be, feel like she's noble and I can see nobleness in her. If I really want that, what, she, what do I, how do I make that work? Well, I just, everything she says, I just do. I've learned how to be just a submissive, submissive husband. Whatever she wants, okay. That's how we last 60 years. <laughs> that makes me sick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, next time I'm here, I'm going to gag. So, please, it's not about that. What is it about? If I want goodness in my home, if I want to see goodness come up, I want to see nobleness in my wife, I want to see, I want to see good fruit come from her, what must I do? I must hide God's word in. I must be about his word in my heart. I must become what he says I am. I must know and understand who I am in him. I must my position as a husband. I got responsibility. And when I bring forth goodness, which he's going to do, he's going to do. I'll know she'll get everything she needs. So it isn't about doing everything my wife says. It's about following God's holy and gracious word. And if I live by that word, she'll become everything she needs to become. My marriage will be this, and nobody will put asunder. I don't even have to, you know, don't rely on the pastor saying, and nope, no man put asunder. It's not his words that does that. It's God's word that does that. So I don't, whoever officiates these marriages, it's not about, oh, let's, let's do these vows here. The, God will hear these ones because it's, it's been in generations for 100 years. If you say these words, then, of course, God will listen. God promises in his word, you do what his word says, you love as he says to love, he'll take care of the rest. And that's how marriages stayed 60 years, because God, that's how it works. What can you do with this amazing love? I, I want to leave this service today with this. Man, this is, this is Mother's Day. I know 
That's what they say it is. It's Mother's Day. Okay, let's make up Mother's Day. And I know my wife's gifts on the porch, right there on the patio, has some men deliver it. Thank you, gentlemen. I've still got some work to do to get it all hooked up. My wife is going to have a new sanctuary. Anybody understand she has, her sanctuary is a hot tub. Hot tub. Now, I don't understand that. I get in a hot tub for five minutes, I'm done. I feel like a roasted turkey. I got to get out of that thing or I'm going to melt. Now, my wife can stay in there, and that hurts her time with the Lord. She prays in there. She sings in there. She finds Jesus in there. She's going to find her nobleness in there. She's cultivated in that water. She loves God in that water. Now, as a husband, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen because I love her. That's a good deal. We do things out of love, no matter what it means. I was in that attic. I got wounds to tell you. I got wounds to show you. I've been at, every time I go in the attic of my house, I come out wounded. I, don't ever, I think I have a demon in my attic. I really do. I don't know if my guardian angel don't go up there anymore. I don't know, but I come out with wounds. <laughs> I won't even tell you. The, I feel stupid because I don't want to tell you the last one I got because it's really stupid. It's, and there it is. I come out, I hit my head at least five times. That's no lie. My, anybody know the ceiling of a gable roof is like this? And so when you're walking around, be careful. There's wood. Normally you don't see wood like that around the house. But in the attic, there's wood beams like this. And that's why it stays up there. And then there's cross members. Cross members, if you stand up, are about this high. So I walk around, literally, I walk around my attic like this all the time. I get a pain in my back, so I stick, and there's a wound. I've been, my wife may say, go to the attic, it knocks sense into you. I don't know that. She might say that. But I do know this. I will go to the ends of the earth for this woman. I will fight the devils for her. I will cultivate her. As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anybody messes with my wife, you're a dead man. Any, any, any devil comes my way and tries to torment my wife, you're a dead devil. Anybody, you know what I'm saying? I will take care of my home. I will take care of my wife. Because not only because it's Mother's Day, it's because I love her. I can't do my life without her. I'm not, I can't do it. That's why God said this is your wife to be. My, I mean, it's probably my batteries. I've used the same batteries three times in a row thinking that eventually they go dead. I'm testing them out. They lasted four times. You guys write that down because there's only four times I can use it. Let's pray today. Father, you are an amazing God. And I, as I read your word, I understand more and more how amazing you are. Father, your love is discovered. It is lived by. It's, it's consumed. We hide goodness in our heart by the word of God. I thank you, God, that you changed me. I thank you, Father, that I love my wife more now, even, even through the corrections, even through the, the times that we work through things. And I don't understand all the time, but I have learned this. Submission, God, knowing and trusting you in her, knowing that, Jesus, you, you've made your abode in her like you have with me. One thing I do know for sure is she loves you. And because of that love, Father, I can see it. And I love this woman. And so, Father, for Mother's Day, I commit, Lord, continually to make this, this marriage work. I will fight to the end. I will arm myself with the word of God. I will put on the full armor of God. 
and I will come against the wiles of the devil. Lord, I will protect my kids all that I can, no matter what's happening. And God, I promise that. I pray that every gentleman in this place today will say the same to their wife. Or maybe this is the, the wife-to-be. Or maybe they're not even to that place yet. But God, I pray when they're ready to, they're able to make that, this declaration. And so, Father, I pray, continue your good work in us. We will take your word to heart, not just to mind. We'll take it to heart. And, Lord, we'll, from that goodness in our hearts, our mouths will speak it. And, Lord, I know when we speak that goodness, that goodness that comes forth, Father, what can happen? We can't even fathom it. We can't think it. We can't even imagine it more abundantly above all that we can ask or think. God, your goodness and love can make anything happen. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.